This is PhotoBizX, episode number 515, and today, one for the wedding photographers, although I'm sure you can apply what you hear to your portrait photography business as well, because the main focus today is generating fantastic clients through Instagram and also through blogging. Our special guest is US-based film photographer Mallory Dawn, whose wedding prices start at $8,600 US dollars. And that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here, host of the Photo Biz X podcast, where I interview guests from around the world to help you build a better photography business even faster than going it alone and today's special guest is a ripper you do not have to be shooting film or even weddings to get a ton from what she has to share particularly if you want to be generating bookings via instagram or blogs yes (laughs) blogs are still working to generate fantastic clients so stick around for that interview with mallory it's coming up in just a minute and if you didn't catch last week's episode with katie phillips Make sure you do get back and have a listen to that one. She shared a fantastic way to bring clients into your photography business by using a strategy that I have not covered in 10 years of doing the podcast, and that is utilizing exhibitions, photography exhibitions, in conjunction with Facebook ads to attract clients for your project, for want of a better name, for your exhibition. In some ways, I think you could liken what Katie shared to a book project like you might have heard in the past from guests like Katie Collenberg, Caitlin McColl, and Kristen Kidd. The beauty of what Katie is doing, though, is there's no book to publish, although you do have to organize an exhibition. But what a buzz that would be. So get back and have a listen to Katie's interview from last week if you haven't heard that one. I know there will be a ton of takeaways. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. We are going to jump into this interview with Mallory in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Mallory. I am saving a portion of the second half for premium members only. The good news is if you'd like to hear the full interview, you can do that for as little as $1.00 with a 30-day trial membership. There are more details about that over at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is a wedding photographer based in Los Angeles, California, and available to work worldwide, she says on her website. Her specialty and focus is photographing with film. And if you take one look at her gorgeous website her incredible Instagram feed, or her Pinterest account, I will guarantee you will be drawn in by her beautiful work. You'll see wonderful details, soft light, emotion, beauty, happy smiles, real and delicate grain, and wonder why your photography can't be the same. Now, she began her business in 2012 and started shooting weddings in 2014. In addition to the weddings, she does also photograph couples' portraits or couple portraits in the same style. Her wedding prices start at $8,600 US dollars and portraits at a little over $900 US dollars. I'm talking about Mallory Dawn and I am rat to have her with us now. Mallory, welcome. 
Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Look, it's my pleasure. And like I said, <laughs> your work is incredible. Did you start out as a digital photographer and then transition into film or have you always photographed with film? So it's kind of a funny story. When I started my business, I was shooting only digital, but rewind a couple years previous, I had been in college and I was studying. I took a film class because I needed to fulfill a credit and I found myself in the dark room developing and um, but little did I know that I would be that would become like such a huge part of my life down the road. And actually, it, it helped me. It's helped me in my business today, because now I know exactly what's happening when my photos, you know, I like drop off my roles at my lab and kind of helps me with that whole understanding and part of the business and uh, that, you know, photography part. So but yeah, when I first started my business, I was just shooting digital. Okay, so then how did you introduce film? And are you 100% film now? Or is it a combination? Is it a hybrid business model? So I kept noticing that all the images I was drawn to when I was scrolling Instagram or looking on Pinterest or what people's websites, I was drawn to this look. And I was like, what is that? Why am I so drawn to it? And then I started noticing a theme that those were film images. And so I'm kind of like my brain just works like if I see something, I want to figure out how to do it. And so I kind of just bought a contact 645, which is kind of like the crazy workhorse camera. Um, very expensive, but thankfully it worked out. I don't tell people starting out to just jump in and, you know, invest that much. Starting with the 35 millimeter is like, you know, a little bit smarter. <laughs> but yeah, I, I dove right in. And I just fell in love and I slowly started incorporating film into my workflow. So say at a session, I would shoot one role or two roles or I'd practice on my friends. And then slowly that started growing and snowballing to where I was shooting more and more at portrait sessions and on wedding days. And now my portrait sessions are 100% film, um, usually unless there's like a small kid involved running around that I want to, you know, like just make sure I can get it um, and be 100% sure. And then on wedding days, film is like my preferred choice of medium. So, you know, I grab that first, but I do digital backups and then I'll use whatever medium is best for the scenario or situation. So, you know, in lower lighting and the reception, I'll shoot more digital. But then when I'm cooling my images, once I have all of them, I usually, if I have a film and a digital, I'll just deliver the film. So that's kind of how I've like incorporated it into my business. Okay. So, so what are the camera systems that you're shooting with now? For a wedding, let's say a wedding. Yeah, so I have a Canon 5D Mark IV and then a Contax 645. I actually have three Contaxes just because they're a little finicky. And I feel like if I'm, you know, advertising that I'm shooting film, like I want to make sure I have backups on backups. And then I also have like more digital backups and a ton of wide range of lenses. And Okay. And are you shooting alone or do you have an assistant like shooting digital behind you while you're shooting film? So all my collections include a second photographer. They didn't use to, but I actually recently made all of mine include that. And I can go into that later, but basically they're shooting digital and sometimes they're shooting film as well, depending on the wedding day. And then I also have always an assistant with me who's loading my cameras. So, cause you know, it can kind of take some time to wedding days are so fast paced where it's, I need someone loading all my inserts and just swapping them out and, you know, then taking care of my film and numbering it and everything. So I always have an assistant with me as well. So you have an assistant and an assistant or a second shooter. So you have two people with you. Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. I want to get into yeah. that and ask you a bit more about that later. How many frames do you get on your contact 645 
films? So it's only 16 frames. So you can imagine on a wedding day, you know, I found myself, I always make sure at the ceremony or like really important times that I'm, you know, completely have a new roller close to a full 16 frames. Because when they're coming back up the aisle, you don't want to miss a moment. It, really, really important moments like that. I will make sure I'm getting on digital because to me, it's more important that I capture it than get it on film. But I try to if I can. So I usually have my couples, I'll kind of tell them beforehand, okay, when you kiss, can you pull back and then kiss one more time um, to give me a chance to swap and grab it on film? Okay, so you have the Canon and the contacts, you know, one over each shoulder, you're ready to go with both. Yes. So I wear like a hold fast harness. So I have like one on each side. And so, yeah, I'm ready to go with both. Okay. And I imagine then you have the exposures set and you're ready to go, particularly with the contacts. Yes. So I've like, you know, metered for light. Um, Usually with the ceremony, the light isn't changing too, too much. And so by that time, um, but yeah, all throughout the day, I'm metering with my light meter and, you know, making sure everything's like good to go. Awesome. And with the contacts, for those listeners that aren't familiar with film and the contacts camera, uh, including me, is it autofocus or 100% manual? So you can, there is an autofocus feature, but I've heard it's not reliable. And from the start, I've always manually focused and now it's just second nature to me. So I'm always manually focusing with that camera. Okay. So surely you're then you're not shooting at 1.2 if they're walking down the aisle towards you with the contacts. So with the contacts, I really like to stick around 2.8. Uh, if I'm looking for that really dreamy look with lower aperture, then sometimes I might stop down to 2.0. But that's more if I'm just shooting a couple or, you know, one of them individually. If I'm shooting an invitation or a larger group like bridal party, I will go up to 4.0. Um, but I would say my sweet spot on the contacts is the 2.8. So tell me, how many rolls of film would you generally shoot at a wedding? So on a wedding day, I feel like it does kind of range depending on there's a few different factors, you know, how many detail, how detail heavy the wedding is, how big the wedding party is, how long I'm there for. But I would say on average, I feel like maybe around 30 rolls or 25, 30 rolls, but I've shot as high as 50 rolls, like for a large event and then smaller events, you know, I could shoot maybe 20, but I'd say on average about 25 or 30. Wow. Okay. So how much does it cost to get a roll processed? Yeah. So it varies depending on your lab, but I would say on average, so right now, well, film prices are all over the place right now because they discontinued Fuji, but now, and then Portra was all the rage. And then now Fuji's like, you can still kind of get it. And now it's actually cheaper than Portra. So I would say like on average, a roll is about like let's just say $10, maybe a little bit more fluctuating depending. And then to get it processed for me, it's about like 11 or $12. So yeah, it's quite a bit. And yeah, I've definitely had to factor that into my pricing when I'm deciding what to charge. Cause it is a big chunk for me, you know, a big expense for me. Absolutely. So you're looking at around 600 to $650 for film and processing for a wedding. Correct. Plus I'm paying my second shooter and my assistant. So yeah, it adds up for sure. God, okay. So are clients aware or do they have any idea of your costs when they hire you? Because I know, I mean, your starting prices, I imagine, are seen to be quite high amongst other photographers. Right, right. Like, do the clients actually know that's the or part of the reason why? 
I believe so. And I feel like, you know, at the beginning when I first started shooting film, not a lot of people knew that or kind of were aware of that difference. But as I've kind of, you know, made my name known to be a photographer that does shoot film and how that's, you know, really important to me and my business, I feel like I found a lot of people hiring me because I do shoot film. And so, you know, I don't outright say it, but sometimes when we're at an engagement session, it's more relaxed you know, we'll make a little comment like, oh yeah, it's like two bucks a shot. So, you know, just kind of joking, but they definitely don't know like, oh, how much I'm spending, but they are like, oh, I love that you shoot film. Like, you know, that's so wonderful. That's why we hired you. We just love that look. So um, I think they do know that there isn't like more of a cost on my end. Okay. When I was shooting film and I did it at a necessity because digital wasn't around when I first started shooting. So it was only film. Yeah. Yeah. And I was shooting 35 mil. Like, and in the very early days, my packages were like, you know, six rolls of film. That was how we were doing it. We said we included them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I'd shoot one over uh, just for safety's sake. And the first thing that would happen is I'd come home after a wedding and Linda, my wife, would say, How many rolls did you go over? Because it it was basically $50 a roll every time I went over. And that was, that was coming out of the profits, basically. Right, right. I know you're married and you, uh, I know you have yes. one or a couple of children. Two kids. Yeah. When you come home from a wedding, does your husband, does he say, Mallory, how many rolls did you go over? Oh, 100%. <laughs> it's kind of become a joke because I will, for me, when I'm shooting film, I kind of don't even, I don't even put two and two together that it's how much it's costing each click because I'm just in the moment and whatever. And so sometimes I'll be like, oh, like I shot 12 rolls. I should have shot 10, you know? Um, And he's joking. He's like, oh, you can't stop, you know? And sometimes I do get mad at myself, not mad, but if I'm editing a session and I'm like, okay, I took, Mallory, what are you doing? You took five shots of the same pose, maybe a slight variation. But to me, it's like, you know, I just factor that all into my cost. It's like part of the process. And, you know, film is so sensitive, especially the contacts and that that lens. So like even one little move, like where the sun is hitting a little differently, like sometimes you get that money shot and it's just so worth it. So it all kind of evens out in the end. But yeah, it is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to hear. It's not only our relationship, but uh, yeah, <laughs> when money is uh, high on the, on the, I guess, the talking points after a wedding session. Right, right, right. <laughs> so you don't actually go into the education of the cost with clients. You just have an idea that they know. Correct. Yeah. I feel like they just kind of understand and they do know the value of that and yeah, that's what they're investing in. Right. So the big question I'm sure on the listeners mind is if you're shooting digital and film delivering both to the same clients surely it sounds like you would have a way to make your digital images look like film why not just shoot digital and make it look like film I totally get you but to me I feel like you cannot achieve the look I've tried I've tried and I can get so close but there's something so magical about film the way it handles light the skin tones um, you have to be so much more intentional when you shoot film because like we talked about, like every click is a couple dollars or whatever. So I feel like it's just completely changed how I approach wedding days, how I approach sessions. So yeah. And I have clients tell me all the time, they're like, I'm just so drawn to your images. And I, you know, I, they kind of are implying, I don't know why. And in my head, I'm like, it's because I'm shooting film, you know, it's just pure magic. So yeah, I do do get my digitals 
to look very close to where it looks like a cohesive gallery. But yeah, I think there's just something so special about it that I think is, and it's just why I keep shooting it. So do you think, like when you think about your clients, do they really know the difference? Because you said you've even got your digital images to look so close to film, but that's not quite the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think they really know or are they falling in love with something else? That's a really good question. Yeah. Because they, you know, obviously don't have a trained eye. So if I show my gallery to a photographer, I feel like maybe they could pick out like, oh, this is digital, this is film. But my goal is that my clients don't know. That's my goal. Now, when I am calling my images, I like to choose film if I have a choice. So a lot of times I am not delivering the digital images. So it is all film. So yeah, I feel like, yeah, my goal is that they shouldn't know, but there's the majority of film images. So I feel like what they're drawn to is the majority, you know, um, I hope that makes sense. (laughs) I (laughs) I guess what I'm trying to ascertain is do your clients, are they booking you because you shoot film? Is it for the look of your photography or is it something else? Why do you feel they're booking you? I would like to think that I do bring more to, you know, my client experience and the finished gallery and just customer service. Like I bring more than just film. So I feel like maybe it's that too. You know, my dad, he has owned his own business for gosh, 30 plus 35, maybe close to 40 years now. And so growing up, that was just a huge part of my life, just owning your own business and customer service. So I feel like I subconsciously I've kind of learned so much from him without even knowing that I've implemented into my business. And so you know, just there's so many things I feel like that people could be drawn to than just the film. But I do think that's like a cherry on top, you know? (laughs) So do you notice at the actual weddings that you photographed, like are your clients, the couples, are they saying to guests, you know, openly, do you hear them saying things like, oh, this is Mallory, our photographer, she's shooting film. Like, do they make a song and dance about it? Some of them do. Yeah. And then I even get some groomsmen or bridesmaids, like, you know, with some comments or even the old grandpa coming at the reception, like, what camera are you using? I used to shoot this back in my day or whatever. So it's definitely like a talking point because the contact is no subtle camera. Like it's, you know, very large and clunky. Um, and so it's kind of hard to miss, you know, and I'm, you know, my assistant, they're throwing things in and out. They see people closing rolls and, Everything. So, um, yeah, I, it's definitely something that doesn't go unnoticed. So good. I love it. I love it. Tell me about the number of weddings that you're booking or you're attempting to book each year. Do you have a limit? Have you got a target? How many are you actually booking? So this is kind of a, a long-winded answer. But um, so I recently had two kids. They're two years apart. So in 2020, I had my first. And so before then, I feel like I was my goal. I always wanted to be a mom. So my goal leading up to that was, okay, work really, really hard, build up your business. And so that when you do become a mom, your prices will have like raised to a a good amount that you're comfortable with. And then you can, you know, shoot less, but kind of make that same amount or more. And so back before I was a mom, I feel like I was shooting kind of ranged, but probably around 15 weddings. I also never really wanted to stretch myself too thin. I never wanted to become burnt out. And so 
that was kind of the number that I was around before kids that slowly kind of dwindled. And now I feel like right now, I feel like it's like five, six. And I'm so happy with that because I I'm also doing portrait sessions and my mentor sessions. And so I'm definitely like, I mean, being a mom is full-time job too. So, (laughs) so it's a lot. I feel like I have a lot as I'm like keeping my head above water now, you know, but I also never wanted my clients to feel, I want to give and dedicate them like just the time that they deserve and be quick to answering emails and just giving them, like we talked about that customer service. That's really important to me. So um, yeah, that's kind of that story. 15 weddings at 8,600. I mean, you're still looking at around $130,000 turnover. I know there's obviously a lot of costs to come out of that. Right, right, right. Still a pretty cool business. Yeah, no, I'm very proud of, you know, like what I've created and yeah, I love doing what I do. I can't, before this, I was studying to be a teacher in college and this kind of happened. Like I kind of had this crossroads where I was in the credential program, but I'd kind of started my business and I was just so nervous, but my heart wanted to just create my business and, and take a leap of faith and, and start my photography journey. And I actually ended up following that and I quit I didn't become a teacher and so looking back it's kind of cool you know and now I I do a lot of mentorships as well so I kind of do use that teaching bug that I had you know back back then (laughs) so you you help other photographers that want to introduce film into their wedding photography business or you what do you teach so really anything so when I was kind of growing my business I was looking for any sort of mentorship I could become a part of. So I did the whole workshop route where there's tons of photographers swarming around. It wasn't my thing because I'm just not a very competitive person. So I didn't want to be fighting and trying to get the shot. And I just didn't really love it. Then I did a couple other mentor sessions that were like, you know, two on one. And that was like, just so wonderful for me because I had that time to really learn and soak everything in. So when I started doing my mentorship programs, like I do one-on-one and then I also do like two-on-one, just smaller groups of people to, uh, yeah, teach them how to incorporate film if they like that. If they, I've had, I've mentored people that just, you know, wanted to all different ranges from just starting out to, um, yeah, like wanting to get into film or they already shoot film and they want to refine certain parts of their business. So kind of ranges. Awesome. I'm going to ask you a little bit more about that at the end of the interview and find out how people can get involved. But tell me about the pricing because I said in the intro that your your prices start at 8,600. So I'm guessing they go up from there. Yes. I'm also assuming that you didn't start at those prices. Definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) So just tell me about the leap to increasing your prices. Was that something that, you know, a business coach told you to do? Did you just take a leap of faith? Did you realize that you only need so many clients, so you're going to up your prices? So I think pricing yourself, as you probably know, is one of the hardest things to do. Um, Just finding your value and it's just really hard to do. So yeah, I definitely did not start out at these charging these rates. I think the first wedding I shot was like around a thousand dollars, maybe fifteen hundred. And over the years, I just, I kind of would do a few different things. I'd kind of think about what I feel my value is, you know, what my costs are, everything. And I would also, you know, hear things of what other people in my area were charging through the grapevine and kind of, you know, 
maybe change mine based on that a little bit. And then I just have slowly, as I started shooting film, like we said, it's, you know, it's a big investment on my end. So I wanted to make sure that I was still like profitable. And so slowly, but surely I started raising them and raising them. And yeah, so that's why how they've gotten to where they are today. And to be honest, it's still hard. It's still hard to make sure and figure out that I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> hard in which way? Do you, do you feel like you're too cheap now or do you battle with the fact that you feel you're too expensive? I think, well, it's hard. Sometimes I've had people tell me like, Mallory, you're not charging enough. Like you really need to be at least $10,000, you know? And this was like a couple years ago. So I'm like, wait, should I, you know, it's hard. It's really, really hard. Cause also like for me, I didn't grow up with much. So for me thinking when, when I was getting married, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm paying a couple thousand dollars for my wedding photographer. This is so much. And that was me being a photographer. So I kind of have this like what do they call it? Imposter syndrome where it's just like, am I worthy of this? You know, but then I have other moments where I'm like, no, like, or I'll see a story or hear something of how someone else shoots. And I'm like, no, you're, you're doing good. Or, you know, something will happen on a wedding day. And it's like, that's why people are paying for me, you know, and I have it, moments like that as well. So I think it's just day by day. <laughs> right. And so, so when you did make those price increases as you've gone along do you know was was it a thousand dollars at a time was it up by five thousand like how did you make those jumps that big of a jump i feel like it would i would slowly increase it even by like five hundred dollars um so my packages have always been well they've changed a little bit but i feel like i've i've tried to make my packages just as simple as possible i've tried to put myself in the client's shoes and it's like okay i don't want all this confusing stuff like oh, this package has an album, but this one doesn't. But if you get this, like, I, I just want it streamlined and it's very simple. So um, maybe that, that's some not some people's cup of tea, but it's what's worked for me. So I just have a um, eight or uh, seven, eight. Here, wait, hold on. Sorry, pause. Let me check. I have it in front of me. Oh, yeah. So seven, eight, nine and ten. So there's and that's ours. So everything in the collection is exactly the same. It comes with, um, you know, the hours of coverage, a second photographer, an engagement session that's complimentary, an online viewing and ordering gallery, full resolution images and printing rights. And then I also include my Mallory Dawn wedding planning guide that I created um, for specifically for my clients that are planning their wedding. Um, and so it just goes up from there. So seven, eight, nine and 10 hours. And then of course, I've had some people book me for 12 hours or anything. It just Um, But I've kind of just had that increment increase. Um, When I do make a small increase in my overall pricing, I feel like it's usually around like $500 that I increase it slowly over the years. So what's the most popular package that couples get? I would say the eight-hour collection, which right now is around $9,100. But a lot of times what people do is they'll book a collection and then um, actually, you know, maybe it's the nine hours. I feel like eight or nine hours. And a lot of times people will like pick a collection and then down the road when they're making the timeline with the planner, they'll realize that they need me there for a little bit longer. And so then, you know, that's an easy extra $500 when they're closer to the wedding day. And hey, there's my cost of film. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So the nine hour package, that's 9,600. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So for that, am I right in assuming that doesn't include an album? You didn't say an album there, did you? No. So my albums are a la carte. And to be completely honest, I've never been much uh, like I don't push albums too much, which 
you know, I hear you can make so much money from albums. I've never enjoyed it. It's never something that I feel like I've promoted a ton. I do them here and there, but it is like an a la carte that's after the wedding day. So that's an additional. Got it. And so and I heard you say that you include the engagement session. Do you make additional sales from those sessions or it's just here's the session, here's your photos? Correct. Just here's the session and here's the photos. And um, I have often people saying, oh, I already took my engagement photos. I don't need them. Or And I think that my answer kind of varies depending on the couple and the situation and the wedding. I think engagement sessions are so important and it's like a trial run for the wedding. That's why, you know, they are complimentary. So most of the time I have them, you know, I, I won't really give a discount if they don't want them, but you know, every situation is a little different. So sometimes I will, or give a smaller discount or something. God. Okay. So generally it sounds like when a couple books you, like they pay you know, what, what's advertised and that's it. There's no, there's no additional upselling happening at the back end. Right. Right. Unless they do want to add on, you know, an extra hour day of, or, or, um, an extra hour leading up to it. But yeah, it's pretty streamlined and simple. And, um, I've just found that's kind of worked for me. So good. So good. Let me just take you quickly back to, you know, the fact that you're a mom, you know, you've got a lot on your plate. Being a mum's a full-time job. We had a, a pretty full-on conversation in my group a couple of months ago about women in business and mums with cameras. I mean, you must look like, well, you must appear to be a real girl boss out there on the job. I mean, you've got these two cameras hanging <laughs> off your shoulder. You've got two assistants. One's loading film, yeah. another one is shooting. I mean, it's pretty obvious that you're the boss of the company when you're at the wedding. Yeah, yeah. Do you get some funny reactions or questions from men or other women? Like the fact that you're a woman um, doing this? I feel like some some men, I feel like, will make a comment about my camera straps or like, you know, yeah, how I am like running the show or um sorry if this is too much information, but I sometimes I've had to pump on the job. <laughs> and so I get comments um, or people kind of look at me, um, but I have to do what I have to do. You know, I recently had a baby and, and so I have portable pumps. And so I've even been shooting a wedding while pumping because it's discreet. People can't see. So that's when I really feel like a boss. <laughs> that's so good. But do you get any negative comments like, uh, you know, you, know you, you should be home with your kids? Like, what are you doing out here working? Or, you know, this, this is a job for a man, not a woman. I definitely have not personally um, heard any of those comments. Um, maybe behind my back, but nothing that I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm assuming, and I might be totally wrong here, but your two assistants, are they male or female? So they're usually female, but I, I definitely have had male second shooters. Um, my husband actually before kids, he would assist me. He is an engineer, so he we're opposite minds, but he doesn't, you know, help me shoot, but he learned how to load a contact and he would assist me with carrying things, helping me just cause it's, it's a lot to physically, you know, it's physically demanding. So yeah, I've definitely had both, but I feel like I have a really solid group of females that, you know, kind of know my business in and out and help me. Right. So what's your husband's name? Sorry. Jared. Jared. So when you had Jared there or one of the other male assistants, did you ever see or notice that guests or people at the wedding were going to them thinking they were the boss? <laughs> I like to say that I have a pretty like strong confidence with running the show, but it's not overbearing or obnoxious. So 
you know, I am very type A, I get things done, I will, you know, speak up if I have to. So and Jared is like, kind of more of an introvert. And so he, he's like, I'm just gonna wear all black, I want to blend in. So he didn't even, you know, project that energy. He's kind of like, Oh, don't look at me. Um, So I, yeah, maybe people thought he was a server, because he was wearing all black (laughs) at the reception. But no, I don't none of those comments kind of stand out to me or in those situations that you're asking about but cool all right so last question on this topic so if someone was to label you a, 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 a mum with a camera or what, what do they call them a mum what is it a mum photographer what do they call them oh i've never heard that yeah something like since obviously you're already smiling and laughing as i'm saying it so it doesn't sound like you would be easily offended no i don't think so i think it would be like kind of a compliment well depending how it was said but yeah, I'm I'm super proud of that. Um, yeah, cool. My wife's the same. I mean, I she she listened to Aww. an interview where we brought this up, and she said, "Man, I would be totally stoked by the fact that I'm a mum and also running my own business. That's so cool." Right, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> so tell me about your clients, Mallory. How how do they find you, or how do you find them and attract them to you? Good question. So I feel like around 2000, kind of when I feel like when I look back. I'm thinking, oh, when was my business like just booming? I feel like it was before kids, like 2018 to 17, 18, 19. And back then, I feel like they were really finding me through Instagram. I poured so much into my Instagram account. I've never paid for a follower. Those were all organically grown. And I'm super proud of that. And I feel like so many people were finding me through Instagram. I feel like I became a mom, have have been less on my Instagram or on my Instagram less. And I still feel like people do find me through Instagram because on my contact form, you know, at the bottom, it says, how'd you hear about me? Um, So a lot of times it is Instagram, but I just feel like that's kind of slowed down for me. I do. One thing unique about me, I feel like is almost every session I shoot or wedding, I am trying to get it published in like a wedding blog or magazine. So that is like a huge thing that I prioritize. Usually right when I get the film scans back, I'm already curating and putting together what I think would be good for which blog and and submitting it so that sometimes by the time I even deliver the images to my clients, I can say like, oh, good news, you're going to be published on Sami Pretty or whatever. So that's like a huge part of my business and advertising. And so that I feel like is another way people find me, you know, Pinterest, or they'll be searching, you know, or they'll find me through style me pretty's Instagram or something like that. So that is a huge part of my advertising and marketing and a lot of word of mouth too. I have a lot of clients where it's, you know, I shot their friend's wedding or their sister's wedding or something. So, um, that as well. Um, so it's kind of a mixture. Yeah. So tell me about Instagram. I want to ask you about the publishing in just a second, but with the Instagram, it looks like you're still posting a lot and you're still very active there. You've got 14,000 <laughs> followers. So, so when, when do you say, okay, I'm going to relax on that because it's not working? Because it sounds like it hasn't worked as well for quite a while. Oh, gosh, that is the most fr- – I have the most frustrating, strained relationship with Instagram because I feel like – so back in the day, <laughs> a few years ago, I felt like I would post something and I would spend time curating it and – and putting it together and I would get, you know, eyes on it. And now I feel like they want you to post so much more and, you know, put out so much more content that it's exhausting and you're spending so much time. 
And at least from my analytics and what I can see, not nearly as many people are seeing it. So I'll go through a stage where I'm like, okay, this is it. You're going to post, you're going to do a couple reels. You're going to, you know, do a bunch this week, use Planoly and plan everything out. And it's frustrating because I feel like even while I am posting and posting, I'm still not seeing as much of a return um, in the ways that I'm measuring it, which is more like eyes on it, interaction, engagement. Um, So that's frustrating, but I still do it because like we said, like I still do get clients from Instagram and I just actually really love Instagram. I feel like it's, I love curating my feed. It's something I'm like, you know, if I see some little crop off or if I put two pictures together and they doesn't look good, how they're lining up, you know, I'm going to change it. Um, so I probably spend too much time on it. But again, another point is, you know, if someone finds me organically some other way or on my website, they're going to click my Instagram. Um, usually I feel like, you know, just vetting photographers or anything when you're planning a wedding, you're going to, most brides are on Instagram and grooms. So, um, I know that I need to make sure that is active as well, just for potential clients that are coming to my page to view it. Got it. Okay. So with all that being said, do you spend more time on the posts or reels or which part of Instagram? So I definitely keep my feed, um, it's hard. It's not, sometimes I'll go a week or two without posting like a hard post. Um, sometimes I'll post a couple in a day because I need to post something else and I need it to look right. So then I'm posting a few more, you know, the past year, I've really been trying to focus on reels and also stories. I try to, you know, post stories as well, but I feel like reels is just so important because that's just, you know, video content, it's just what people are viewing these days. So yeah. Okay, so how are you creating your reels? Are they straight from camera? Because it looks to me your yours are pretty full on. Like you've got like mini slideshows to the beat of music clips. Like yours are pretty <laughs> <Yes>. cool. <laughs> yeah. So something that saves me so much time is socialtemplates.co. If you go follow them, um, you. So I've like joined, and they are constantly putting out new reels weekly and just tons of options with with trending sounds and it's so easy and it's you know they're for photographers so they're really looking at like yeah what is people are looking at what what is engaging people and so that's what's going on every week they're uploading more and more and more and so what you do is if you say I shoot a session and I have some behind the scenes video footage which I'm trying to be better at you know I think that's so important now just to just people love behind the scenes footage Um, video content. So I will try to snag some of that as well, or have my assistant do it on a wedding day. And so I go look through their account and I find their library and find one that works with the trending sound. And all I do is just drop in my content and post. So it has saved me so much time. And Angela, she's who runs it. She is amazing. And there's so much value to it. It's also just her expertise and knowledge. And she knows this algorithm like the back of her hand and what's changing because it's ever changing and so that has helped me so so much i can't even say how much it's helped me (laughs) (laughs) so saying so this is a paid service you pay subscription it is a subscription yes um but she did give me a code if i can say that yeah sure if you use the code mallory dawn you can get your first month 
for free. So you just try it and see if you like it. So that's a good way to test it out. Just see if it works for your business. But I highly, highly recommend. All right. So just tell me about social templates. So you go in and you browse for a, a template. And what do you mean by trending music? Is she curating music that's royalty free that you can use? So yeah, on Instagram, you can see there's a little arrow that points up next to the sound if it is trending. And so she is finding those and what's working, what's not. And so she's like putting out there and what is working at that moment because it changes weekly, probably daily. (laughs) So yeah, she is making those like set to the music. So it's like perfect. The beats are on point and you know, she has something for everyone, whether it's some reels that are just video or some that are just photo or some a combination or both. And she also helps with like in her stories, just simple things like screenshot this. And it'll be like, you know, five different ideas for photographers to make a reel. Um, and she also did, she did, I believe it was a 30 day challenge where every day it was something else, something that you needed to film just so you have a content bank to pull from when you need to. Cause us as photographers and creatives, we're so behind the camera. We don't think to, Oh, I'm going to, you know, edit this session. Let me set my phone up right here. And you know, we don't sometimes don't think people would want to see that, but people love that stuff. The whole behind the scenes um, is intriguing. For sure. Let's say you find a template that you like on social templates, then you upload your video behind the scenes footage or whatever it is, plus your stills. And what does it just, does it drop them into place? You reorder it. And then what do you export it then to your computer or is your Instagram account linked to social templates? What happens? Yeah. So um, you can export it. It'll export it without sound. And she's even so good about being like, try it both ways, see what works better for you as far as engagement goes, because Sometimes if you export it to your camera roll once it's finished and then re-upload it with the trending audio, sometimes she's seen more success in that. But you also can just save it as a draft in your Instagram and then just, you know, post it straight from your Instagram without saving it and re-uploading it. But she's always testing and trying to figure out what works best. But yeah, it's super easy. You just drag in your content and you can swap, you know, some pictures, but it's all uh, like the little timestamp where it's like this one's three seconds this one's 0.5 seconds and you know it goes to the beat perfectly so i've seen that on yours <laughs> it looks amazing oh yeah so are you using that for your stories as well or only for reels right now only for reels and it just saved me so much time i feel like before this i would spend hours my husband can attest to this i'd be so frustrated trying to make sure everything's perfect and then something would happen and it would crash or i'd have to start from scratch Oh my gosh. Even that she has good tips. She's like, always save it to your camera roll because Instagram drafts, sometimes they'll just disappear. And that has happened to me. It's just frustrating. So little tips like that, that are just so valuable that I feel like, you know, most people wouldn't even think of. So good. Love it. So sorry, just quickly, when you have an assistant shooting behind the scenes video for you at a wedding or wherever it may be, sorry, do you only have assistants at weddings or at your engagement sessions too? So engagement sessions or portrait sessions, I usually do by myself just because they're, you know, slower paced and um, I don't really need the help. You know, usually when I'm rolling film, that's my time to chat with a couple, ask them some questions, um, get to know them a little bit more. But on wedding days, yeah, I definitely do have an assistant with me to help. Right. So if they're shooting some behind the scenes, do you just pass them your phone to shoot with or are they shooting on an SLR or their own phone? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest.
Okay, I know, I know that was a tough one. You haven't mentioned Facebook at all or TikTok. Are you using those platforms or not really? So I'm not on TikTok. Um, I have never gotten into it, mostly because I was like, if I started, I'm just going to become addicted and I barely have enough time as it is. Um, so I am not on TikTok. I am on Facebook. I, I started that, you know, when I first started my business years ago. And I don't post there as much. I have not seen a return on that. Uh, yeah facebook i feel like is i run ads some uh, yeah it's you know i think it's instagram (laughs) got it cool yeah (laughs) just before we do finish i've got a couple more quick things i want to cover with you uh one of them is on your website i mean i can see you've got a shop and you you i don't know what the from dawn to dusk ebook is but you've got that oh that's for photographers but for clients for couples you've got a few offers or a few offerings as well you've got uh what is it? A planning guide? Yeah. So that's a wedding planning guide. And that's just for couples that are planning their wedding day, but it's kind of like from a photographer's perspective. So little things like, oh, you know, for engagement session, wear this or do this or little tips that I've, you know, found helpful for, for clients. So that is just someone who like really values photography because, you know, I, I get it. Everyone that's getting married values something different. Some people, it's the food, some, you know, but if, if couples really value photography and, and kind of want a photographer's perspective on how to kind of get the most out of their wedding day, that's for them. And then I do have sample wedding day timelines, which is basically, I've just kind of written out um, a, a few different like sample timelines. And so again, if uh, someone's a planner or they are um, a photographer, even can benefit from that too, learning how I structure my day or kind of what, how much each event takes time-wise or couples they're trying to figure, maybe they don't have a planner and they're trying to figure out um, like how much to allot for each like photo event, you know, family photos, whatever. So that's that. And I have like with second shooter, without second shooter, with first look without first look so there's kind of all those variations and then the wedding day worksheet is just something i give my clients in their welcome packet so i mail them a like snail mail hard like actual packet when they book with me um with a ton of things in it but um what this is one of them so it's just kind of you know little things i need to know family situations to be aware of all the bridal party all that stuff all that info Got it, got it. So with the with the wedding planning guide, that's the only one there that has a, a cost associated. That's twenty nine ninety nine US dollars. Does that have a price because people actually buy it, or does it have a price so that it attaches some value to it for the clients that book you so that you give them? I think both actually, but a lot of my clients I feel like probably aren't going to my shop, so they don't really know the value. And twenty nine dollars is not much when you're paying close to ten grand. So. I feel like it's more for, you know, just the cost of people buying it for me to get a little return for what I put into it. Cool. Okay. And just to finish off, I do have one last question for you, but just tell me about the way you can help other photographers because I'm in the shop area of your website. So this is where I can see your Dawn to Dusk ebook, your portfolio review and your mentor sessions. Is that where we go to learn more from you? Yes. So you can just go to MalloryDawn.com slash shop. What I poured my heart and soul into is this ebook. I love my mentor sessions as well, just because that's, you know, one-on-one. And I really, I really pour a lot into that as well. And it's just, but that's just different. The downloadable ebook is something I created because I feel like I love hands-on learning. It's great, right? If you're shadowing someone on a wedding day and you want to know how they work, but wedding days, it's not always like a conducive wedding or learning environment because it's so fast paced. There's so much going on. 
Oh, it's also someone's wedding day. You know, you don't want to be like, wait, so what did you meter that out? Why are you carrying that? So my ebook is, um, I put every little detail down to, you know, how I prep for a wedding day. When I get home from a wedding day, what do I do? Um, my pre-wedding checklist, my gear list, how to style, sample timelines, even client communication, if tackling family portraits, like down to what I wear, what shoes I wear, just because I'm that nosy person. And I would love to, I think you can learn something from everyone, even a seasoned photographer. I know I can for sure. So that ebook is where it's basically shadowing me on a wedding day from dawn to dusk. And so, yeah, literally from the beginning of the day to when I get home, there's everything in there. I just reveal so much that I've learned over the years. So, and I do have a code for your listeners. Photo Biz X 25 is for, I actually did 25% off anything in my shop. Awesome. So, um, yeah. Thank you. That's unreal. All right. I'm going to, yeah. I'll link to, uh, I'll link to the shop and also your website and your social media handles so people can go and see and learn more from you. Um, the ebook sounds amazing. I mean, I would love to have had something like that. Does that also help? people who want to get into film or someone that's not interested in film like does it apply to any photographer or is it specifically for film shooters so it applies to any photographer there is you know sections in there when i'm talking about film but there is just it's like 50 plus pages so there is just even just how i shoot digitally and there's so much more to shooting film like so much goes into a wedding day and all that I've learned over the years so it's definitely you know a digital shooter I've had digital shooters learn from it and um it's really for anyone unreal okay so that's 199.99 and you can save 25% with the promo code photobizx25 that's awesome thanks Mallory like I said I'll link to all those in the show notes when this interview goes live one last question I have for you you know, you mentioned scans, you're shooting film. We talked a lot about that earlier on. Most photographers and most listeners will be shooting in raw format these days. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a few of us still shooting JPEG, but not many. <laughs> when you get a scan back or if you're shooting film, what kind of do you have the latitude of a raw file or a JPEG file? So it's a JPEG. So, yeah, when they scan it, they send it to me as a JPEG, but they're still pretty large images. And you do have the option when you are scanning them, you could, you know, at least my lab has an extra large, um, you can scan it regular or extra large. So they have that um, capability as well. So if a client, that's why I do save my negatives. (laughs) So if a client comes back and they're like, oh, I want to blow this picture up super big, then I have the negatives to, I could, you know, give it to my lab to rescan or whatnot. Right. So, but when you're actually shooting the film on the day, you're shooting negative film. So there's some latitude there with exposure. Does a lab look at each file, each frame and adjust the density, you know, or the color, or they just run it through on auto? So you have that option as well when you're filling out your form. So I've done it both ways where I kind of have worked with my lab. So they know kind of you know, how I like my contrast, how I like my colors. Um, but then also is mainly focused on, or it's important what shoot a film stock you're shooting um, because that's, you know, ranges as well. So Fuji is so much different than Portra. Um, so they do, you can, you know, when you're filling out your lab form, you can um, reference your Instagram, even reference other photographers whose images you are drawn to. Um, as far as like those things go. And then I even sometimes send like sample images. So if I get a scan back and don't love it, I will in Lightroom 
fix it to how I'd like it. And then, you know, do the side-by-side mode, screenshot it and send it back to my lab so I can, you know, show them, oh, this is the direction I kind of want to go in. Um, but then you also can just do a basic scan. So they're just scanning it um, based on your preferences and then sending you that. I actually kind of prefer that because it is a little bit cheaper. And I am the type of photographer that I like to touch every single image and make sure it's perfect. Um, not to say there's anything wrong without with doing it differently, but that's just what I found has worked for me. So I like to have like a big, no one edits my images. It's all me, even my digitals. Like I do everything. So um, I'm a little controlling <laughs> in that regard. <laughs> so, so when you get your scans back after a wedding, do they do they look like what I'm seeing on Instagram on your website or they've had presets and things applied to make them look like they do? They're very close. Um, I feel like when I do minor tweaks, they're minor. I sometimes like to lower the contrast. I feel like that's kind of what I, my like instinct is to lower the contrast a tad. But yeah, they're pretty, pretty darn close, which is why I love film because it saves so much time in post. So good. Mallory, it's been a real delight to talk to you for the last hour. Thank you so much for sharing everything you have. I'll link to, uh, like I said, all your online handles where people can find you and see more of your incredible work. Massive thanks for coming on and sharing what you have. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a blast to chat with you. And I love the tough questions too. So thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mallory as much as I did. Mallory, if you are listening, again, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you did, and massive congrats on the success of your business. I do truly love your work and the way you are doing things. Absolutely fantastic. For you, the listener, I would love to hear your feedback on today's episode with Mallory. Were there any takeaways? Was there anything that she shared that you thought, yes, absolutely, I'm going to use that in my business If there is, let me know in the comments area of the show notes. This week, they're at photobizx.com forward slash 515. Now, in those show notes, I've got links to anything and everything that Mallory mentioned and shared in the interview, plus you'll find examples of her fantastic work that I raved about in the episode. So go and check that out at photobizx.com forward slash 515. And also you'll find there the links to social templates. Don't forget you get one month free access with the promo code Mallory Dawn. And there's also there the promo code photobizx25 for Mallory's online store. Again, all the links are there in the show notes. And of course, if you are a premium member, I'll be adding Mallory into the members Facebook group. So if you do have a follow-up question for her, you can hit her up in the group. It could be on film photography, shooting with the contacts, making your digital files look like film, utilizing Instagram, blogs, or whatever else. You can hit her up there inside the members group and get some direct feedback and answers to your questions. That is just about going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. I should mention last week we had Mark Rosetto presenting the sales training for photographers course. It was an absolute hit. There were a list of topics that Mark went through with us that I know will help attendees improve their sales. He talked all about the psychology of selling, how we should always be closing right from the start, what we need to include on our website to make selling so much easier, particularly if you want to be selling wall art and albums, how to sell not only large items from your price list, but also have little add-ons that can add up to huge numbers over multiple clients throughout the year. And he also shared 
what we need to be including on our website and our price list to make selling so much easier. In fact, he shared ways that you can pretty much have your products selling themselves. So if you were in attendance or you registered for that training, you should have received some follow-up emails from me. That course is now available to you, the recording and the supporting documents, the slide deck, links, and other resources that Mark mentioned. They're all there on the PhotoBizX website now. You should have your login details. You can go and access the training there. I've also just sent Mark a price guide that he's gonna be reviewing, and I'll upload the results of that into the course material as soon as that comes back to me as well. Oh, and don't forget, if you were there in that training or you've had a chance to catch the replay, send me a testimonial or a small, short review of the training include a URL that you'd like me to link to and a keyword phrase that you would like me to use as anchor text to link to your website so I can utilize your testimonial plus add a link back to your website to help you with your SEO. It's my little way to say thanks for taking the time to leave that review or send me that testimonial. Alrighty, that really is going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. We had Mother's Day yesterday here in Australia I'm not sure. I don't think it's the same dates all around the world, but look, it doesn't matter. If you are a mum, no matter where you are in the world, I hope you had a fantastic day yesterday. Whether or not it was Mother's Day for you, I hope you were spoilt by your kids and they took the time to tell you how much they love you, how much they value you, and how special you make their world. Because where would we be without you? Where would we be without our mums? All right, happy Mother's Day. Have a fantastic week. I will be back next week with another interview. Until then, stay safe, healthy, and well, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 